Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And there are many ways you can listen to the program. First and foremost of which, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Which... Sorry to interrupt, but we've got big news for that. Big news. Get to that in a moment. Follow us on there. You'll get a notification every time a new episode goes online as well. iTunes, search us out. Geek down. We come up pretty easily. Click subscribe. New episodes to your device as soon as they go live on Tuesdays. Yes, as Caitlin mentioned, big news. We're 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 real boys. We're real boy and girl now. Are we? I think so. I think we're like officially. We're not we're not half assing it anymore. I don't think we ever were. Maybe not. The point is, the archives are now live. Basically, the if, if this was the, uh, oh, what's that dance where you put one foot in and one foot out? And <laughs> the, the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey. If we were doing the hokey pokey, we would be all in. We have put our whole thing in. Yeah. Have not taken our whole thing out. No. Our whole thing is in. It's just in. It is all being shaken all about. Yeah. Because you can listen to every episode of Geek Down, all now 17 of them. 17. I knew she was going to do it. Um, <laughs> I can help it. All of them on the SoundCloud from the preview <laughs> in the reference library. There will be birds. There will be there birds. Will be getting yelled at by people. <laughs> yep. There will be discussions about everything from One Punch Man to the Mighty Boosh to God, what else have we talked about? Um, All the things. All the things. And your favorite chit chat with Jordan mm-hmm. Kate. Yep. So much chit chat. So much chit chat. You can get all there on our SoundCloud on iTunes. Subscribe. You can get all the episodes there. You can yeah. also connect with us. You can do that as well. If you're browsing the archives and you want to tell us, man, you guys are doing a great job, there are a few ways you can do that. Uh, you can email us, geekdownpod at gmail.com. You can drop us a note through Tumblr, which is where our website is at the moment, geekdownpod.tumblr.com, on Twitter at geekdownpod. And finally, on the Facebook. Facebook.com slash Geekdown Podcast or Geekdown Pod? I think it's just Geekdown Pod. Okay. But if you put in the ser- in the little search area in Facebook and put in Geekdown Pod, we will come yes. up. And you can chat with us there. It's a good place to hang out. Uh, I see little things that strike my fancy. I throw them up on there, like the, the GIF, GIF, uh, Civil War. Yes. Im- image meme that I saw there uh, as well. Little news bits that drop kind of between episodes that maybe aren't worth talking about, like when uh, Millennium Actress, which is a movie by a guy named Satoshi Khan, whose other movie, Paprika, we talked about on the show, gets thrown up on YouTube for free. You can watch it right now. I'll throw that link on the Facebook. You know, I don't try to inundate you. I don't try to blow up your feed, but I mean. Yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to. Yeah. We definitely don't want to crowd your Facebook. We don't want to overstay our welcome. You know, we don't get too comfortable. You know, we know you like us, but. You know, we, we're, we're soon to this. We, we don't want to be clingy. We're soon to this. We like, we like you too, but we're not going to be like super, super overt about it. No. Um, and as well, it's also the best place to talk to Caitlin because Caitlin probably won't talk to you any other way. No. Or because sometimes people will try and I won't see what they've posted because either I don't have the the Twitter or the Tumblr. <laughs> the Twitter. Or, or it's because I just am terrible at communicating through the internet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm just terrible at communicating my feelings. I'm just, I'm, I'm really kind of. No, off. I'm very in touch with my feelings. Actually, I cry at the drop of a hat. Um, As we've established, you'll learn that when you go and browse the archives if you haven't already. Um, but you know, you'd probably be better off sending like a, a homing pigeon or something, or like a crow, and I would, I somehow send would a find ra- me. Send a raven. Yeah, send a tag raven. Tag it Hamilton. 
I let mean, it fly. It will it will find, <laughs> deliver its message to Caitlin. Me. Or an owl for those Harry Potter nerds out there. <laughs> um, yeah, but speaking of chit-chat and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It is finally what some would consider a pleasant day in Toronto. It might be. I, people are going to hate me for this. Slightly too warm. <laughs> too pleasant. I like I like 20. 20 is just it's great. <laughs> because 20 plus the humidex yes. is very warm. And also, this is I mean, start now because this is going to become a recurring motif, I'm sure, throughout the summer, the opening segment which will be Jordan and Caitlin complaining about how hot it is <laughs> because where we currently record is my apartment, which is on the top floor. Which means it runs at least 10 degrees hotter. Uh, also, um, hence the possible sound of birds. You you may hear birds and planes flying by today. Or, I mean, given my neighborhood, uh, random yelling. Uh, sirens. Sirens. Um, Dogs barking. Honking. Uh, the elderly yelling at children. Um, a bunch of that sort of thing. And then further moving into the summer, we'll try to avoid fan noise. But it may be inevitable. You may just have to deal with it. But yes, I was I was out and about. I was a flurry of activity today because a friend I worked at, major Canadian retailer with, when she first got here, she went to ESL classes and she met a bunch of, she's from Brazil originally, so when she got here, she was here to learn English, met a bunch of people from all over the world, uh, including one friend from Japan, who has then since gone back to Japan, but still returns like every year to Canada, which is kind of weird. Canada's not really like on Japan's radar as far as like a tourist destination. I guess it is. Not really. Yes, it is. Well, not, not according to the Japanese person I talked to today, but... All right. I'm sorry. Well, I guess she would know best, but I've just, I've met tons of Japanese people who either come back or who like love coming to vacation mm. here. Oh, as does Wakaba, who I was introduced to today after our mutual friend Leah tried to have us meet basically from two months after Leah and I met and found out what my interests were. She's like, you would really get along with my friend Wakaba. And Wakaba has come back multiple times. And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked. But I got to go out for a lovely brunch with Leah and Wakaba today. So shouts to both of them. Fantastic. We, we sat in, in Trinity Bellwoods Park here in here in Toronto. And bought... <laughs> What are these things called again? We bought many things. We bought some Pocky. We bought some like mochi ice cream balls. Doraemon chocolate. I had I had a Ramune soda for What's the first that? time in my life. It is um, it's a type of soda in Japan, and I don't know what the benefit of this is, but like, the bottle comes with a glass ball in the top, and you have to like take the cap and punch a thing out of the cap, like a like a plunger out of the cap. Yeah. And then put the plunger on top of it and kind of like thunk the ball out of the top of the bottle. Okay. Which then apparently, I don't know, that like helps the fizz or something. And then there's like a specific way you have to drink it so like the ball doesn't get stuck. Uh, I'm feeling like this is a little like the whole orbit Super thing complicated. from nope, the 90s. There's nothing in it. Nothing gets in your mouth. All right. Um, tasted like bubblegum. Oh. Walkabout recommended I go with the original. You can get it in melon, grape, a variety of flavors. She suggested the original, which uh, tasted like bubblegum. Delicious. We had some Pocky. Yeah, we had some mochi ice cream balls. And yes, I was I was allowed to bring home the, the Doraemon chocolate covered something which they should just make into a cereal at this point it's basically cereal <laughs> oh covered in god, chocolate yeah if you just dump that out and like pour some milk on it that would be the best cereal Amazing. ever oh my god so yeah shouts to both of them delightful delightful afternoon uh which basically means i'm not doing anything for like another three days because you're at your limit of <laughs> interaction at my, my peak my peak uh peak limiter <laughs> at my peak human interaction shouts to introversion too because that just means you only have a you have very 
finite supply of energy to socialize with people and I used it all. Um, which a lot of people don't know because I am so outgoing is that I also am an introvert in that it's very hard for me to be social for long periods of time. Yeah, the only reason Caitlin and I have such a good time when we do this is because, uh, A, we've known each other for a bajillion years, and two, we do it alone in a darkened room. So. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so that was my weekend, long weekend here in Toronto. How's yours been? Um, It's been fine. I've been back and forth to Toronto a couple times, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of a little bit sad. Sad? Yes. What are we sad about? Because this weekend, uh, so I talk about how I love LARPing. Yes. But I hate LARPing in the winter. Because it's freezing and you're outdoors. Like, is that a thing that time. happens regularly? Oh yeah, absolutely. Winter events are, are huge. Yeesh. The problem is, is in the uh, winter it's awful, and then in the spring it's cold and wet, mm. which I also don't like. And this is the first weekend where I possibly could have gone LARPing, but I wasn't really ready to go. I needed to get my character ready and my costume and all uh. that, and um, my. Uh, lovely boyfriend has off LARPing without me. Um, he's having a blast, which I'm so I'm I'm happy for him, even though I'm slightly bitter. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to going to some of the summer events. Tip for LARPers: Remember that when you go LARPing in the summer, as fun as your cape is or <laughs> your many layers of armor, there is a good chance you will pass out at some point. I usually try, I, te- I don't, I, I wear armor, but I try and tend to wear stuff that's breathable underneath and drink lots and lots of water because it can get hard to be out in the noonday sun with armor on. It's funny, you saying that remind, reminded me of, you know, pro, pro tips for doing nerdy things. Yeah. Anime North is next weekend. Yes, it is. Which is, uh, we will, this is, I guess, if we're going to talk about Anime North, we should do it now because the next time we record it will be over. I have not been to Anime North in over a decade. It was the first real like convention I ever went to. Mm-hmm. This is before living in Toronto. Uh, this is back when I still lived in the Windsor area. A friend of mine and I came up. I'd never heard of this before until I started going to Anime North. Um, what the, hell, the six two one rule. Okay. Six hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Two meals a day. Yeah. One shower a day. This is like your bare minimum. Like, this is the rules you should adhere to if you're going to a convention. Okay. Because you're going to want to go to everything and you're not going to eat. And then you're going to get grumpy and you're going to have a bad time. You're going to want to go to everything and you're not going to sleep enough. So you're going to have a bad time. Also, you're probably not going to bathe enough because you want to go to everything. Take the hour to bathe. Just take the hour to it bathe. It doesn't take an hour to bathe. Well, for, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being... Generous? Yes. Okay. Keep clean at Anime North, friends. And as always, when you're at a convention, you're probably going to be some ladies in some, in some suggestive clothing. Don't be an asshole. Do not touch them. Don't touch them. Ask them if you can take photographs. Be respectful when you do it. Just don't be a jerk. Just don't be an asshole. Or I'll punch you. I know a girl there who's going to be probably looking very impressive. Don't be an asshole to her. Don't be an asshole to anybody. Just don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Now we can talk about some news. All right. What do you want to lead with? Um... I think we should lead with the weird uh, CW Riverdale. Archie has been a recurring theme on this show, ha- unexpectedly. Because I don't even like Archie. <laughs> just keep talking about Archie. But I feel this merits discussion. I had no idea this had even happened. Caitlin brought this to me. Caitlin, tell me what the hell's happening with Archie. So 
I it came from I was reading the Mary Sue and it came from an article and I think the the title was like uh like CW's Archie is kind of bonkers, um in which they had seen the trailer and they had read the synopsis of the show and it's weird. It's not like teeny bopper friendly. It's kind of dark and strange. And um, looking more into this, apparently um, the producers and writers and showrunners um, wanted it to have the style of Twin Peaks. Yep. So Archie's never really resonated Twin Peaks to me, Um, especially for something on the CW. I don't understand what's going on. I, I don't either. So, yes, Caitlin brought this to me. I promptly looked it up. Um, so the upfronts are happening right now, which is where all the studios are presenting their fall lineups to advertisers, basically, and maybe critics, too, but predominantly advertisers. And this is where you will get your first looks at some of these shows and find out what the fall lineups are going to be, which is when the CW brought out this trailer and description for the Riverdale show, which the promo image is like, it looks like Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. Did you see the promo image? Yeah, I did. And in blue neon sign, that's like Riverdale coming soon. And there's like a boat half submerged under the water. And it's like a murder mystery. Yeah. Type of thing where this character, Jason Blossom, who does originate in the comics, apparently from like way back, has been murdered. And the investigation into his murder starts to unravel various secrets in Riverdale. This is insane. I don't. I, mm. I was hoping because even though. I didn't particularly like the new Archie comics. Yes. I did think that there was definitely an audience for them, which there has been. It's, you know, been evident through the sales that people are really liking them. Um, Probably people who have read them and new viewers as well or or readers. Um, So I was thinking that they were going to go for more of just an updated Riverdale. It doesn't necessarily have to be wholesome. I mean, there is drama there. Um, but I wasn't expecting them to do this. <laughs> this. This is not what anybody thought we were going to no, get here. No, no. Um, on this article I brought up to read this, there was a tweet from Greg Berlanti, who is one of the producers and has worked on, he's one of the big wigs on like the DC television shows like Arrow and The Flash, who tweeted, for folks asking, hashtag Riverdale has as much, quote, heart as it does, quote, edge. Can't wait for everybody to see the pilot. Uh, so he's, he's suggesting cautious optimism. I get, I get optimistic caution. That's that's the thing, though, right? Like you really can't tell in a trailer, or even in a synopsis. So we'll you know, I mean, we'll see. But I just think it's weird that they have said stylistically Twin Peaks. But I mean, when some of the like best-selling things they've done in recent memory, or like most notable things, is like the Archie Zombie comic or Archie versus Predator. Like they've done these bonkers ass things in the comics. I kind of respect that they're like willing to roll the dice with the first like Archie show in like ever. Hey, maybe, maybe I just, I, maybe it's also because I think people are sort of been inundated with mystery, like detective yeah. mystery crime yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. Um, that it was nice to have like a one tree hill, but mm. maybe written a little <laughs> bit better and yeah. with characters that people sort of know and love, but we'll see. A weird avenue to go down, but again, we we don't even know what this will look like or when it airs. I think I said it's a yeah, it's coming in mid season, but there's no uh, there's no air date of any sort. Moving on to a show that has much better buzz going into it, airing tonight as we record this, and by the time you hear this, listeners, you if you're interested, you would have already watched it. 
premiere of Preacher. Yeah. Dropping tonight on AMC. And uh, you showed me the first four minutes. Yep, first four minutes are up on YouTube. You can check those out if you never saw them or if you didn't catch the premiere and you are wondering if you'd be interested. And I'm definitely going to watch it because of the first four minutes. I mean, I was going to probably watch it before, but mm. now I'm going to go out and seek it. As established on some of my previous tirades, uh, Preacher is my favorite comic of all time. I love Preacher. Are you ready to be disappointed? Yes, I know going in, there are already some interesting choices that are made there, even in the first four minutes, where it's like, so it's so for people who don't know anything about Preacher, it's the story of Jesse Custer, who is a the titular preacher, who uh, is the something called Genesis, inhabits his body, mm-hmm. comes to Earth and inhabits his body, and gives him essentially the power of the voice of God. So when he, or the voice, so when he uses it, whatever he tells you to do, you will do. In the opening four minutes, you see what comic readers will know is Genesis screeching through space on its way to Earth, but the way they portrayed that was it looks like a 1960s film reel, like it's, yeah, it kind of looks grainy and this big like outer space like come fills the entire screen sort of thing, and when it comes to Earth, it's like, it first lands in Africa, like this is, this is the getcha moment, it like... Genesis inhabits like an African missionary preacher first, and it doesn't take. We won't say how we know it doesn't take, but it did not work. It's not a good match. But as it's approaching, you know, Africa, you just it looks like a globe, like it's just as Africa yeah. as it's rocketing towards the continent. But in that first four minutes, you you get some gore, you get some humor, you get some what's his name, Dominic Cooper. Yep, that's the one. As Jesse Custer, not mad at that. Looks all right to me. He's got the he's got the steel points on his collar. It's very important to me for some reason. I really, <laughs> as long as his black shirt had the steel points, I was cool with that. Um, so yeah, this is from Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, which was weird. Weird, <laughs> definitely weird. Listen, Preacher's been getting batted around basically. The comic ended maybe in like 2002. Nerds are screaming, whatever. Um, it was the early aughts when it ended, and basically from the moment it ended, it's been getting batted around. I think James Marsden, Cyclops, was like really trying to get it off the ground at one point. Huh. Um, the guy who directed the first Daredevil movie, like the Affleck yeah. Daredevil movie, he was trying to get it off the ground. HBO was kind of maybe interested at one point. Like it's been getting batted around for decades. And so that kind of unbelievable that it's actually happening. Like I'm sure this is how, you know, when people were waiting for that first Avengers movie, like they just, I'm sure how they felt when they saw that first Avengers is how I feel going into like watching Preacher tonight. It's like, I can't believe that this is actually Right. happening well i hope for your sake it's very good i know there will be changes i don't know if it's going to get as batshit crazy i say batshit crazy a lot on this show by the way i need another word for i it. i definitely have not noticed well, you haven't noticed but i <laughs> i think i counted in one episode i definitely said it like five times <laughs> this is time number two uh preacher is batshit crazy i don't know that the show will get as batshit crazy three as the comic ever did well but- i don't know because i i read an interview with seth rogan about this mm-hmm. um and he was saying that the fact that the walking dead came before them and they could mm. do stuff on the walking dead that yeah, they yeah. couldn't do in the nine in, in the 90s yeah, you know yeah. you could not show that on television and there's been all these shows that have sort of pushed the boundaries pushed the gore boundary so in, I don't even think it's just gore boundaries. I just think the way you can tell stories in mm. television now is really what they were waiting for. Yeah, and this is AMC. This is the network of, you, know, you forget Breaking Bad has like bodies dissolving in corpses and falling through floors of houses. Like, yeah. So I'm more that I'm actually optimistic. I'm not even going to say I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm actually optimistic. So 
I'll be checking that out, and I'm sure if it if I have rapturous comments, I'll be posting them on the Twitter or on the Facebook, right? Praising the Lord above. It's just, and I mean, so I work at a major Canadian retailer, and part of my job is to you know bring books in sometimes, and I've been ordering up on on the graphic novels just in case you know, right? Show's gonna hit, people are gonna come in, they're gonna want it, and just flipping through it is like, oh my God, that book is just still so good. Like as me and stupid Matt were uh. We're flipping through on a slow, the end of a slow night, looking at classic scenes from later in the series, just like laughing our asses off. Like, how did the, how the fuck did they get away with this? And I mean, we always talk about the writing on it the most, but the art by Steve Dillon, who did the entire run, and is just, he's not super flashy, has a very distinct art style that's not super flashy. He's really good with like character faces yeah. and things like that. And he's doing the, uh, the new Punisher book with, he's kind of drawn the Punisher off and on basically ever since Preacher ended. He's uh, the Becky Cloonan Punisher book, which I read the first issue of, and it's basically doing the character from Daredevil, like that version right. of the character. He's just gotten better. Like he's he's as good, if not better, as he always was. So, and I think I read somewhere as well that if you are interested, I don't know, dig this link up somewhere. But I think uh, DC Vertigo has made the first issue of Preacher available online for free. Oh, that's cool to read. Dylan did a new cover for it with kind of the TV renditions of the characters on the front. So I right. mean. Check that out. Uh, I remember the first issue being kind of like an info dump sort of issue told in flashback. That is maybe not was not the best conceit for the issue, but I mean, super dope, but kind of extreme. So if you have a weak stomach or don't like nastiness. That's or, not me. Or gleeful nastiness, which is kind of what this comic was, maybe give it a wide berth. But if you're into that, you can scarcely find better. All the gore. What else you got? So, well, we were just speaking about trailers and shows and things that are sort of upcoming. Mm-hmm. So a new Star Trek Beyond trailer dropped. Yes, I have not watched this. Um, because the first trailer dropped a, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And Simon Pegg, who did work on the screenplay, okay. who's a massive Star Trek fan. Yes. Some of you may remember Simon Pegg from when we talked about Spaced. He was a writer and star of that that show and of course he's written with nick frost uh hot fuzz um shawn of the dead shawn of the dead those are probably two of the bigger titles people from the north america side will remember yes so and he plays scotty in star trek huge massive star trek fan massive star wars fan and when the first trailer dropped in a lot of people were upset because it did was not Star Trek. And there's actually been a lot of this going on. What does that mean, not Star Trek? So people tend to compare Star Wars and Star Trek. Yes. But they are completely different. Shots fired? Always a Trek guy. That's fine. I'm I'm not I'm on both sides. You're on both sides? I'm, I'm just put, I'm just putting that out there. You want people want to know our allegiances? I was always kind of a Trek guy because um, it was as Caitlin's saying super different. They they I just don't understand ever trying to compare them because yeah. they're completely they're not just different stories, they're completely different genres. It's almost like Phantom Menace was Lucas trying to do a Star Trek episode and failing completely. And a lot of people have said the new Star Treks are are J.J. Abrams trying to trying to make a Star Star Wars Wars out of these Star Treks because Star Trek was always about peace and politics diplomacy and diplomacy um, and strategy and what basically going to the new frontier meant Mm. right it was adventure frontier cowboy stuff yeah yeah. but with you know more peace (laughs) Um, not as many not as many uh, guns firing yes. And I love that about that, uh, or sorry, about Star Trek. 
Simon Pegg has said that this movie, so back to, sorry, back to the first trailer dropping, a lot of people were like, great, so now they're even doing even more of that because it looked very Star Wars-esque. Mm-hmm. There was an alien, there was lots of explosions and things getting fired and things blowing up. And Simon Pegg kind of was like, that's not this, the movie. Just relax. Well, I, I think he was also a, maybe a little bit worried because there's a difference between writing and working on a movie and then seeing the final product, yeah. right? A lot of people have talked about, you know, a director making a movie and then it going to editing mm. and it's something completely, completely different. different I think Fantastic Four was a lot like that. Yeah. Um, so the second trailer has now dropped and a lot of people are a lot happier with it. I'm kind of like... <laughs> It still looks pretty Star Wars-esque. I mean, there are still explosions. There's a little bit more voiceover about about being a captain and having your crew and all of that. But I feel the same way about it. I actually, I liked the first movie and I think I'm going to like the third one, but it's not Star Trek. It's definitely, yeah, more... Focus on action. And it, it's funny because I keep on thinking, so in anyone who's watched TNG knows about... Or, the, n- the Next Generation. Yes, yeah, sorry. The Next Generation. Or even the original series, they know about the, the mirror world, um, which is like the dark timeline. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, the goatee thing comes from <laughs> yes. that. Anyone who's watched Community. Um, Does it? Yeah, I didn't even because know that's Spock where the has, a, has a goatee oh, in the shit, dark I timeline. Know. I not even know that's where it came from. Yeah, so there you go. Um, One more reason to love community. So I keep on hoping like this is the dark timeline. <laughs> is it they're showing it? Because the dark timeline always had more action in it. There's mm. a lot of more like, let's punch through this thing. People didn't want to talk. No. But again, I, I'm enjoying them. I just, they're not Star Trek. Yeah. They are space movies, kind of like Star Wars in its action, not as much diplomacy and planning and making sure we don't have to come to yeah. blows. How much time in any given hour of Star Trek was Star Trek TNG was spent sitting around that conference table? Planning. Discussing a plan, right? And, and th- those were the best parts. Yeah, those were the great. And there was a lot more humor in Star Trek. Hmm. These, I mean, they, they actually, they've been able to inject quite a bit with people like Simon, like Scotty. Yeah. He has great timing. But they're still, they can get pretty dark. Mm. Um, and I never thought Star Trek was dark. The, of course, every show has its issues. There were always issues with Star Trek. But it is a, was one of my favorite TV shows um, because of the way they went about doing the whole, what is what is it like to explore the prime directive you just don't barge in and do cowboy it and do whatever you want and there are reasons for that and and you know they always did a lot of stuff with repercussions Mm. and you know if you have done this what does that lead to and you know i i just like the exploration of that those ideas i've had a kind of enough of war (laughs) i really want my star trek back which, again, so there is this, of course, the new movie coming out. <laughs> Tangentially related to that is? Um, there is also a new television series. Which I just learned about. Yeah, it's been in the works for a while. There's sort of been whispers about stuff. There are not very many details. Probably there are people out there who know far more about it than I do. I don't know that there really is that much. The article I read when I first saw it was like, they debuted the logo. But I just mean, <laughs> I, people who 
deep dive into things. Oh, like on the dirt sheet sites, like the rumor sites? Yeah, we'll probably know more. From what I've kind of heard, it's basically about, so we were talking about repercussions. It basically skips through time. Mm-hmm. So it might start with them coming up with a, raw, a law or there's a battle and then it sort of shows throughout time the repercussions of that mm-hmm. and it skips sort of back and forth. I don't know if that's true. They could all be baloney. Could be interesting. I mean, in the brief teaser, whatever, 15 seconds, whatever they released, again, for the upfronts, this is where this came out. And interestingly enough, this was at CBS's upfronts. Right. Not because Star Trek was... Originally on CBS in the 60s, I think. And then it was like in syndication forever. It was on like, you know, the weird channels at like four o'clock on a Sunday type um, of thing. The whole reason I think Star Trek got a, a re, sort of a renewed interest is because of Spike. Oh, really? Yeah, where they would show it for they like... They would show like, honestly, they would do like 10 episodes. Yeah. Or they do days where it was just Star Trek. But even when like Voyager, I remember Voyager was like the flagship for like UPN. Like that was when the new network is getting based around that. So for like one of the big three major TV networks to reclaim Star Trek like that is kind of interesting. But there was a lot of focus in that 15 seconds of like new, new crews, new planets, new everything. So I mean, you're probably not going to be seeing like, you know, I almost said Kardashians. Kardashians. (laughs) Well, you're going to see a little bit of them. And like Bajorans and things like that. And I just, for whatever reason, I just hope Kate Mulgrew just shows up because she's amazing. (laughs) I want Kate Mulgrew in anything. I want her in everything. Speaking of, Orange is the New Black is coming back in a couple weeks, isn't it? I I haven't watched that show. No. Even though I love Kate Mulgrew, it's just not my type of show. Watch the first season. You can watch the first season and hop off after that. I've got a lot of stuff on my list, Jordan. (laughs) I got to prioritize. Um, do you want to hear about what the fanboy rampages are about this week? <laughs> um, of course I do. Oh man, do we love a good fanboy rampage. And my God, are they rampaging. So the whole DC Rebirth thing, DC kind of resetting itself again, begins with a one shot written by Jeff Johns, possibly one of, and I think Jeff Johns starts with a one shot written by Jeff Johns. These will probably be the last comics written by Jeff Johns for a very long time because Jeff Johns is now being kind of shepherded over to the film division. Which I heard about that. That's actually really neat that they're trying to coalesce and do stuff. Similar to Jeff Loeb, who was wrote a lot of comics for Marvel and has now moved over to the television side of things on Marvel. Jeff Johns will be steering the ship on the DC movie side of things and has said he wants to bring hope and optimism into the movies. The DC movies, which I'm sure... It's going to lead to a number of tense conversations with Zack Snyder, but (laughs) hey, fight that good fight, Jeff Johns. This book comes out on Wednesday, I think, but the spoilers have been pretty rampant and all the embargoes have been broken. That said, if you are a super comic fanboy Mm -hmm. and you are listening to us on Tuesday, skip ahead like five minutes or check the show description. I will put in the time codes of where you should skip to because the major details of DC Rebirth uh, were leaked on Reddit which were then picked up by sites that were not under embargo, which meant they just get thrown everywhere. And the major details of this, uh, closest to my heart, the issue, the one shot is narrated by Mr. Wallace West, who is back. Who you love. Who I love. I love you so much, Wally. (laughs) Respect for Wally. Justice for Wally. Uh, He's in his Kid Flash gear, but older than Kid Flash. He's not quite as old as he was when he was the Flash proper, pre-New 52, pre-Flashpoint, but... From what I saw, he's narrating it. He's kind of skirting around at all these places. Uh, there's something about three Jokers in there as well, because Batman's been doing... The Batman book has been doing this thing where, like, maybe the Joker's immortal, or he's been, like, 
there has been a Joker in Gotham for like ever time immemorial. Right. But the big the big revelation that everyone is losing their cotton picking minds over the I don't know if it's the last page, but Batman picks an item up off the ground and it is the bloodstained smiley face button that the comedian wears in Watchmen. Yes. So Watchmen. I've even seen I don't even care and I have seen that everywhere. You've seen that image everywhere. Yeah. That uh, So the Watchmen have been brought into the DC proper. This is apparently a cardinal unforgivable sin to some of the fanboy community because they believe Watchmen is untouchable because Lord knows Alan Moore has made the claim many times over the years that Watchmen should be untouchable despite cashing checks. I love this. Will this be a garbage story? Maybe. But the amount of, to put it in wrestling terms, heel heat that they are getting for this is amazing and people are saying like oh this is alan moore's story and dave gibbon's story and they you know it was creator owned it wasn't creator owned they basically they tried to do it with like the charlton characters when dc bought those so you're talking about the blue beetle captain adam the question dc decided no we don't want you to do these stories with these so they just made basically blatant ripoffs of all those characters like it's a very gray area and was it a shady contract when he signed it? Sure, but he still signed the contract. Like Alan Moore has done very well for himself in the year since. I don't have a whole lot of I, sympathy on that regard. I agree that it should be its own thing, but I also don't care what they're doing. <laughs> I don't care. Why do y'all care so much? Now, what I care about are properties that I care about that are in that that DC owns. Um I care about things like representation for, you know, people of color and for women, but... Oh, there's a scene where Ted Kord, the Blue Beetle, returns and has a chat with Jaime. So Jaime is still your Blue Beetle post-rebirth, post chatting with Ted. No, see, don't care. But Jaime's your boy. Yeah, like, I really like him. <laughs> but I, again, like, it's not, it doesn't impact me... As apparently as much as other people, because you're oh, right, people man, are really Oh man, they're so upset. mad. Nerd rage! Um, which, I, I mean, I guess part of it could possibly be from the fact that DC has just done so much wrong like, lately, and mm. people are always hoping that there, it's going to be like a new era. What is newer than doing the one thing y'all never thought they would do? I love that. It's like the same reason I love when the end of Evangelion just shit on fan expectations. Every time fans are mad and the reaction is not to coddle them or cater to them, even if it's me, yeah. even if it's something I really care about, deep down I respect it if you just like kick me in the teeth. <laughs> well, go I like, mean, all right, all right. I see you, fan. I, okay, fine. So point to DC for kicking fans in the teeth. <laughs> love it. Um, but that's not what's really... I mean, that's not what's really important to me. I'm one of those people who can enjoy the comic and then also enjoy the movie that's a terrible <laughs> version of the comic but is an okay movie you know i just i can separate things and i think a lot of people have trouble with that especially we've talked about before but properties that people love now we're gonna stop talking about that and we're gonna talk about a property i love speaking of movies <laughs> that are hopefully going to do a good job of representation and uh, whatnot a Harley Quinn movie. Confirmed before Suicide Squad even comes out. Harley Quinn solo movie. Yeah. Margot Ruby producing. Well, she she read the comics and she watched the television show and she really got into this character and loved the character. And she went, I want to make a movie 
apparently it might not be a Harley Quinn movie. It might be a Birds of Prey movie. That is, yeah, that is the, or what is, what do they call it when her and Ivy are together doing their thing? There was a comic about I just, I don't remember. I, I know that there was a comic about, well, they, that started in Batman, the animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that duo and I love that they are in a relationship <laughs> in some things. I think it's, it's fantastic. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. But it definitely seems like it's going to feature a large swath of female characters, female characters from which the is, DCU. That is the kind of thing that makes me really excited and I don't want them to screw up. I think it would be it would be interesting and it's it sounds so jaded to be like, you know, to get out there first, but like okay, so Marvel's got the black movie going experience on lock right now. Which is Black Panther. Black Panther. And the hashtag, did you see the Black Panther so lit hashtag? No. It was amazing. It was black folks who have seen Civil War getting amped already about the Black Panther movie. Well, because we haven't even talked about Civil War. I've seen it. I have still have not. I've heard everything. You can spoil spoil well, away. For people who haven't, you know, skip ahead. It was so good. And T'Challa was so good. And the Bucky um, Falcon duo mm. was so good. Somebody pointed out at one point, there's a scene where like Falcon, War Machine, and the Black Panther are all having a conversation together. Not about a white person. Yeah. Or like almost not about a white person. Like. Might, there might have been a white person briefly mentioned, but it's like they were just having a conversation. Three black dudes in a comic movie having a conversation. That's amazing. Amazing. And I'm hoping, like, I'm guessing you're going to say that this kind of thing progresses, but there aren't very many women yet having a conversation. So maybe somebody at DC is like, Captain Marvel's not anywhere on the agenda right now for Marvel. It's coming, but because let's go get that. Spider-Man. <laughs> let's go get that woman dollar. <laughs> Yeah. It's a jaded thing to say, but that's how these things operate. I honestly think the reason people are so pumped for Suicide Squad is because of the female characters. Oh, absolutely. Harley is like, like we said when we first, that for trailer first dropped, it's like they put Harley front and center of that. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who don't like the character, but I, I was the kid they were, or one of the do, kids they were making the Batman the Animated Series for. Do these people hate happiness? I I could we know some people I we both know them that despise the character, so I'm not gonna ma- name names. I don't want them to get get flack for it. Um, so I'm not gonna name names or anything. But they <laughs> do, and it's another female friend of ours. Oh, and they do not like her. But I was, and maybe she has a point. And I don't like what they did with her. Um, by and large, after Batman the Animated Series. Mm. But the reason I tuned in every Saturday morning, a big part of it was to hope to see Harley. And anytime there was a Harley centric episode, roller skates and hyenas. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, it was just, it was a fun time and she was a great character. And they did a really good job in that series. It was a character so popular that they brought her into the comics and into the DCU properly. Yeah, because she was supposed to be a one shot. Yeah. She was supposed to be a character that they used and threw away, but people loved her so much that they brought her into the universe. And she's definitely, definitely influenced other comic creators. Not just to make characters like her, but just to have more female characters. Absolutely. And having more female characters front and center. Which, as we've talked about, representation is so important. It would be a very smart move if between Wonder Woman and a Harley Quinn movie, DC can lead the lead the charge on that lane. It's like, it's not even like, oh, DC versus Marvel. It's not even competition at that point, because at that point, both of them are doing two different things. Yeah. You know, for the next year or so. So 
yeah, I, I hope for, for your sake and for all the uh, young girls out there who are looking for something in this genre that they can latch on to. And let's be honest, the best part of comic book movies are the women in them. Yeah, because their outfits are usually pretty tight. And also because they're just the better characters. It's like my argument about fem- femship, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Is there another time? I don't know. Play Mass Effect one day. I'm just gonna like, I'm just I'm just gonna give you like point. Femship is better than manship, and just gonna like back off and let you just go for yeah. like 20 minutes. Absolutely. Well, that was a hefty news segment. Yeah. Well, it, part of it's because, as we know, we're gonna be talking about the same thing in the yes. next half. Oh, and I have one more bit of news. Oh God, yes, I almost forgot. This is this is our fun happy news. <laughs> we wanted to end on a happy note. So randomly, I was reading some stuff, and there was a bit about one of my favorite video games being turned into a text-based game. This makes no sense. Which is Katamari Damachi, which is the sticky ball rolling game for those of you who have just seen it played and don't know the name. Your little character named, is his his name Katamari? I think so he is, but he's, he's prince. the prince of the universe. Yes. His, his father's the king of the universe, and you start off very small and are and are rolling dust yep. mites. You have and a very erasers. small little ball, and you go around, and at, in a certain time limit, you have to make a ball big enough to fit a certain or you have of to, a certain size. You have to do things like get six cows and like a key. Yes, and this is ball. why it the games were popular is because as your ball gets big enough, you can roll up anything. You can roll up a building. You can roll up the earth if it got that big enough. Uh, eventually, the best one is you can roll up uh, Godzilla <laughs> and and people and you I, can roll up people. I never knew because I was terrible at these games. Oh, see, I one of the reasons I love this game, it was didn't involve lots of sh- shooting, even though I'm actually okay at shooting games. Um, but it was just a lot of fun and ridiculous. And someone um, named Noah uh, Swartz has created a text-based version of Katamari Damachi. Oh, so this is not a f- officially licensed thing. Uh, not that I'm aware of. Oh, okay. um, it's something, it, he, apparently you can see it on GitHub or play it on GitHub. I'm not really sure uh, what that is. GitHub is like a code trend, code sharing thing. I know I it came from um, what they do sometimes is they get ridiculous suggestions uh, for codes for things mm. like that no one will ever need. <laughs> and I guess someone went, we need a Texas Katamari Damachi game. Somebody was like, challenge accepted. Yeah. And uh, apparently it's fantastic. You have a ball. So if someone plays it, I would, the ball. I would love for you to tell me about it. Yeah. If anybody's playing the text-based Katamari Damachi game. Yeah, I am. Um, I might take a look, but we'll see. We'll see what time allows. What a time to be alive, Caitlin McKenna. I know. I, I know. swear. Well, right. that's the news. That's that's our hefty bit of news for you. We wanted to really fill you in this week. And I mean, we're enter. It's that it's that season. It is definitely that. I think uh, probably our uh, podcast will be getting we're, longer and we're gonna longer. have to really uh, really. D- and but hey, we can because we have unlimited uploading now. <laughs> Yay! Episodes gonna be three hours long. No, God, no, we'll never do that to you. Yeah, E 3s coming. Comic Con will be coming. Yep. It's madness. But anyway, we will deal with that. Jump off that bridge when we get to it. So right now we will take a break, and when we come back, Caitlin and I will talk about the thing we both watched. We sometimes we like to do that, check in on things we've heard about, things that are popular, things maybe we should we should check out. And this week we both checked out Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. So when we come back, we will have our discussion about that. And if you have seen the show as well, by all means, we hope you will join us. See you guys soon.
and thank you for rejoining us for this part of the show where we talk about usually the thing we brought each other, but this time we're just going to talk about the thing we both watched. Yes. And before we do that... We have rules. There are rules. There are rules. Rule number one. The rule of three. Yes, the rule of three, which is basically if we're watching or reading or viewing or listening to something that comes in a series or in installments, then we have to at least consume three of those. So it might be three comics, it could be um, three episodes of a television show, or three episodes of a radio play. Um, But we have to at least... Give it a chance to establish itself. Because sometimes pilots or first parts of anything have a lot of heavy lifting to do to get you situated in the world, and you don't really get a chance to see where it's going. The second rule, which is, save it for the pod, which usually, (laughs) usually we're very good and we do not, the rule is we don't talk about it unless we're sitting down and doing the podcast. Yes. Uh, Yes. Do not talk about it until you're sitting in front of these microphones so you have something to talk about when you sit in front of the microphone. However, we both broke that rule couldn't do it fam no couldn't do it could not contain it any longer do it um and the third rule which is actually more of a policy is that there will be spoilers on the show there will be the thing we are talking about today is ongoing it's not finished no it's currently still airing and i think we would really like everyone in the world to watch it so yes, if you uh, have any interest in ever watching Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, and you should duck out now because we're gonna go hard. Yes, on this show we will. But if, of course, if spoilers don't bother you, um, they don't bother Jordan and I. But we have lots of friends that don't like to know anything. But if it doesn't bother you, then just keep listening, and you'll find interesting things out. And I'm sure you'll <laughs> want to watch it by the time we're done. Yeah, you probably will. Every season, there's always a slew of anime shows that hit like four times a year, basically. Like shows are still ongoing when the new shows hit. Right. Summer should be hitting any day now, um, but we are still in spring. And one of the shows that came out this spring was a show called Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. This is a show from Wit Studio in Japan, best known for being the people that brought you the Attack on Titan anime adaptation. Which I have not watched. And... May have impacted your reaction to this show, but... It's possible, and that's the reason I brought it up, is because there has been a lot of similarities drawn. Yeah, whether that's... It shares a director with the guy who did Death Note, with the guy who does Attack on Titan. So, I mean, is it a Tetsuro Araki type show? Is it a Wit Studio type of show? We don't know. So, this is currently airing on Fuji TV on their Noitamina block, which is just animation spelled backwards. And, interestingly enough, I did not know this, the Noitamina block, its whole reason for being is to showcase anime that is not just for 12-year-old boys. Oh. So shows that I have really enjoyed have been part of this block. Like, Kids on the Slope was part of this block, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's like kids in the 60s playing jazz together. And Oh, yeah, you told me about this, yeah. Yeah, by the same guy who did Cowboy Bebop. Terror and Resonance, which is another show by the guy who did Cowboy Bebop, was part of this block. The insane show that I would never give Caitlin in a million years about uh, the dude who blows up the world if he sees panties punchline. That was part of the Noitamina block. That is a good call, yep. Jordan. Learned our lesson on that one. Thanks, Kelly Good call. 
So this has been part of that block as well. It is not based on anything. This is an original story. It's not based on a pre-existing manga. Most anime exist to promote a manga. They run for like 12 episodes. And if it's like, hey, if you like it, go read the book. Because that's why we made this for. So you would go read the manga. Because anime are much more expensive to make than manga. Right. So this is going to run 12 episodes. Episode 6 just aired this week. We are at the halfway point. People are loving this show. I watched the pilot opened my Facebook Messenger and said, <laughs> sent a message to Caitlin McKinnon that said, if I told you there was a show that combines steampunk, a zombie apocalypse, and feudal Japan, what, what do you think you would make of that? Does this sound like something you think you would enjoy? And my reaction was, yes, it does sound like something I would enjoy. It seems like this could be the Venn diagram of everything we like in one show. So, quick hot take, Caitlin McKinnon... Do we like Cabinary of the Iron Fortress? We love. Oh Cab- my God, it's so good, you guys. <laughs> we love Cabinary of the Iron it's Fortress. It's so good. This is why we could not contain the conversation to the podcast. Like, I felt like I had to make time to rewatch because, you know, I'm, I've been I've been watching it week to week. I didn't, we didn't decide we were going to watch this till last week. So I needed to, I hadn't seen the first episodes for over a month so i hit caitlin up i was like listen where are you at like how many should i watch so we're on like the same page yeah. and caitlin's like six like she'd watched them all i hadn't even watched six yet it's the first time caitlin's ever been ahead of me on something i was yeah. like okay that bodes well yeah and and i mean it could have possibly been that it was so bad i was taking notes but that was not the case at all i enjoyed basically everything about this show yeah there's they're just it, it hit Ugh. with, I love, well, we've talked about it sort of briefly. I love steampunk. Yes. Absolutely adore steampunk. I love gore. I, I do like zombies, but I don't like, I don't like creep. Like, I don't like being scared. You don't like shuffly, shuffly zombies um, type of thing. I, no, I just don't like being scared. Mm. Um, but I do like zombies. Like, I don't like ghosts and horror. Mm. That kind of, you know, with the creepy music and you never know if someone's going to pop around the corner. Like, jump scares. Yeah, I don't like jump scares, but mm. I do like zombies. Uh, I love awesome women characters who are bad, super, super badass. And... I like trains. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's bust down some of the plot here. Uh, in an alternate Japan during the Industrial Revolution, there has been some sort of virus, zombie outbreak, yeah. whatever, where people all over the land are being turned into basically zombies, what they're called kabane. For our purposes, we're just going to call them zombies. The hook to them is a sort of cage forms around their heart, which makes them really hard to kill. You need something that can pierce that to effectively kill a kabane and the heart itself glows with this sort of weird yellow Mm. light it's sort of like a magic virus almost yeah well yeah kind of as we get to how that manifests in our protagonists so yeah set during the industrial revolution they don't really have a method to deal with them so humanity has kind of again this is the studio that brought you attack on titan so people are going to live behind walls and there's going to be monsters yes Uh, which, again, I, I mean, I, I I know of, in that sort of conscious collective type way, I know of Attack on Titan, mm. and I've seen a bit of the trailers and some of the more gruesome scenes that people have sort of put up on YouTube. Um, but it just, it the, the, they're too, the monsters are too frightening for me. Um, <laughs> That's fair. So I, and like, but I liked that gore level. Mm. And you've, I'm, I've seen a couple things, sort of comments on YouTube about, oh, this is, I said to you, this is such an uh, Attack on Titan ripoff kind of thing. Yeah, and a lot of people like, are calling it a knockoff. Which, which it, 
I mean, I don't even care if it is. <laughs> this show is fantastic. Um, but you showed me sort of the intro of Attack on Titan. Yes. And it is, I can see the same stylistic elements. Yeah. But just because it's like a thing does not mean it's not amazing. And like, listen, we'll just put the Attack on Titan comparisons to bed right now and say that Ikoma, our protagonist in Cabinary, who, while not being without fault, yeah. is 90 times more bearable than Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan. Aaron is the whiniest, most complainiest, I want to go kill Titans type of like. <laughs> Kill my mom. I want to kill Titans. Shut the fuck up. There are, there are bigger things here, Aaron. Shut up. Ikoma is far more bearable. I find his motivations more make more sense. Yeah. Even though it's just like, my sister died and, and I don't want to run away anymore. And even in the short six episodes that I've watched, he has changed and developed. He's had an arc, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's fantastic. Because having someone want to be the best for like <laughs> 24 episodes is just not, I can't deal with that. So humanity has retreated behind these walls, which are basically just towns have formed around train stations because there's a very large train system throughout Japan. Yeah. And, and they've, a lot of them have built sort of moats around yes. basically these kind of fortresses. Yes. So they, they have drawbridges and whatnot. So in Ikoma's hometown, I can't remember this, the home station, but a train has arrived um, carrying some important like diplomats of sort. And this is how you see how the world is like, how the passengers on the train are being screened. The train has been attacked on their way there. Yeah. Which includes a very gruesome scene where a woman's oh, hair is oh, pulled out. And that was one of the only like... Only things that made me flinch. I, I can't do I can do blood and like guts. I can't do flesh. There wasn't even a drop of blood in that scene, no. but it was just like oh, oh God. and like the ripping sound. Ugh. But it makes you get tense. So and... it, yeah, it really lays out in that moment what you're dealing with. It's like this is where we are. This is how this is going down. Yeah. Um, a dude ends up getting bit, and they like throw him this pouch, and it's like. Use the suicide bag, do yeah. the right thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, whoa, my God. And they basically hold it to their heart and pull it and it explodes like a grenade and they kill themselves. So, yes, the train's been attacked by the zombies. So when it arrives to the station, you get to see the act of cleaning it. Our main character, Ikoma, is just a, like, they call a steam smith. He just yeah. kind of... Which is a amazing name. <laughs> Everything is just amazing. He just, he, he's got, like, half a... He's got glasses with one lens in it. You know, all those nice <laughs> steampunky type touches. Lots of people wearing goggles. So many goggles. <laughs> and after the train has arrived and they're just doing the general maintenance, uh, Ikoma has also been, he's very obsessed with trying to figure out how to kill a zombie because they don't have really an effective weapon to do it. No, they're using these like steam guns that don't do a great job. Where the steam is supposed to like add extra oomph to the bullet, but it's not really getting the job done. So he's been working basically on like a drill gun type yeah. of thing, which will like high pressure <laughs> will pierce the heart of a heart of a zombie so that's what he's been working on he's really focused on this and while they're you know there are little plot developments whatever but the main rising action starts when another train shows up and basically battering rams the fortress that has been completely overtaken by zombies yeah, yeah. and it's just full speed they try to get the drawbridge up they don't the train derails flings itself into the city zombies are everywhere and basically the whole town is Under done deck. Like they yeah. got it, they got they they gotta go. Yeah, and you know, there's all kinds of more action. But one of the characters that becomes, of course, one of the the main characters um, is uh, you get to see is uh, Mume. Mume, and she's you don't 
she mentions at the beginning, you know, not she looks very girly and she says, don't judge a book by its cover. Childlike. She has her hair and pigtails. She kind of skips along everywhere. Yeah. And uh, then you get to see what she can do in terms of zombie killing. And you don't know why at the beginning, but she basically saves the village. Yes, the first moment you see this is at the end of the first episode where she is, she has these sandals with bells on them that just kind of like <laughs> yeah. jingle as she walks. Yeah. And she gets basically surveying what's happening in the town is just kind of like, this is going to be a pain in the ass type of thing. Sees a zombie blocks her path and she's like, really? Like, I don't need this right now. And the zombie comes up and she's like, fine. And does like a roundhouse kick where you discover her sandals have razors on the bottom of them. And she, she, and they do a good job in the show of injecting some humor. Um, and in this case, she gets her sandal lodged into the side beam. While of a, decapitating the zombie, she kicked him so hard. There was so much force behind her kick. Yeah, her sandal gets wedged in the wall. Yeah. She has to kind of lose it. And it's just another like, really? But yes, what is a cabinary? So while Ekoma has perfected his piercing gun yes with help from his his best friend his friend yes which is uh takumi yes shouts to caitlin by the way for making notes on all the actual names of these characters <laughs> well it's because usually when we're talking about anime i screw up i call people the wrong name i i'm terrible at that so. i was just calling him goggle boy one goggle boy two <laughs> red hair goggles no goggles yes yeah, so ikoma has uh perfected his gun he's got enough torque that it will effectively pierce a zombie's heart but while he's doing this, he gets bitten. And now it's not really... He mentions at one point while talking to one of his friends that like, you know, it's not a curse. It's a virus. Like yeah. a lot of people seem to think this is just like a plague. He does not believe that. And this is where this is kind of janky. Like I was going to say, this out. is one of the only... And, and it's be, partly this is why we do three episodes is because the yeah. pilot can be very like chunky and like it'll really give you try and give you too much information and do too much all at once especially in animes but basically he gets bitten and he says like we had discussed that time if i cut off the circulation as long as it doesn't get to my brain yeah um he has to stop it going past the carotid arteries which is are in your neck yeah um if he can stop that then he'll be fine, which they never bring up beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> it just they just drop it on you, and you're like, okay, fine, sure. And then um, he uses basically uses like a belt. Yeah, he like bolts his arm shut with something, these like straps and bolts and whatever, and then yeah, he yeah. basically hangs himself. Yeah, and you're kind of like, what? It's this big moment of like, I'll never run away again. Super like shonen moment where you're seeing flashbacks to. Something that happens, somebody he loved died, and he's never going to let this happen again. And all the viruses, his body's all turning red. and Yeah, but he collapses, and And, then... And then his body doesn't turn red. And then his body doesn't... But his heart is kind of glowing. It's got... It looks a little bit like uh, Kabane. Yeah, zombie. Zombie. It looks like the way the zombies look, except he's not a zombie. And he's rational, and he can still talk, and... yeah. And from there on out, it's sort of this, I don't know, this sort of, they, he has to try and get people's trust because he is different, but he's not a zombie. Yeah, uh, you come to find out that both he and Mume, um, we still don't know exactly how Mume shook down, really. We know a little bit, but not a lot. Not a lot, no. Um, are what is in the title, I guess... <laughs> He spouts this name off like it's a thing that already exists, but it's like... It's well, like, no, she says it. 
I thought he said it first in that. Oh, maybe I was just confusing it because in the first episode, they show what becomes the opening oh, right. at the end. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like, I'm not a cabane or a human. I'm a cabanary. <laughs> it's like, what? You just made that up? We're all <laughs> no, just going to go with that? She says that we are cabanary, which mm. is this cross between the, basically a zombie and a human. Which, again, would lead people who have seen something like Attack on Titan to be like, oh, that's a ripoff because, and spoilers for Attack on Titan, Caitlin doesn't care, but like, no, I don't. Aaron can change into a Titan. Like, it's, uh... people can change into Titans. So, again, they're still lifting some of these elements, but they're making something totally new out of it with this show. So, basically, it just becomes like a road thing after that, where they're like, getting everybody on the train, getting the fuck out of Dodge, trying to make it to the Capitol, which is, I guess, the most... Strong, strong the biggest stronghold yeah the shogun at capital um but there's sort of like this the a there's an evolution and an arc to these characters and that's really what drives the show yes yeah, they earn the trust of everyone else and have, but just just all of the characters mm. they've all got these great roles and it's the characters yeah, are definitely what drew everybody's man. different everybody like has a role to play that's not even if they're a minor character yeah the role they play is like everyone gets distinguishing to be, enough. Everyone gets to be the hero. Like even that girl who's the Steamsmith girl. Hold on. Who like, hold on hold oh, on. you got a name for her? The ponytail girl? Uh, Kajika. That's the one who like hangs with the women and children and yeah. kind of takes care of them? That's Kajika. She's, the, she's a Steamsmith. Cool. And then we've got, well, I can just go through it. <laughs> so I have uh, Ikoma, who is the head. That's our main character. Main character. Um, then there's Mume, who is, I put down, she's... Almost the main character at times. Yeah. She, she's she's kind of a co-protagonist. Yeah. Man. There is uh, Ayame, who is the noble. Yes, she is the daughter of the, whatever he would be called, the mayor. <laughs> we'll just call him the mayor. Yeah. Of the original town, and then he gets killed when they flee the town. So she's kind of like... She's now, in charge. She's in charge of the, sh- of the train. Which is awesome, because she starts out with people not trusting her a because she's yeah. a, a, woman, a woman and b because she's young and doesn't have experience leading and she has a little bit of this arc where she starts to first trust these cabinary which people are totally freaked out about yeah. and she makes some really big decisions and and you get to see her sort of co- slowly come into her own as a leader um pretty and, badass with a bow too oh uh, yeah yeah badass with a bow um there is uh Kurusu, who is the Bushi, the bodyguard to... Oh, the one with the... Sword. The one with the sword. Because there's another one who comes up later on who's got like the red tunic type thing and like the chin strap. That, you mean the big guy? The one who finds Mume in the, uh, yeah, the big guy who finds Mume in the tunnel in episode six. Yeah, that's the only name I didn't write down. All right. (laughs) Big guy. Big guy. Um, So, yeah. um, Then there's Takumi, who is Ikoma's best friend, who is great because he's not, a lot of the best friend characters are just stupid. Mm. And he's not. He's a great steamsmith. He has a great moment in the sixth episode where he fires the gun at the right time and you know, again, all of them are these intelligent characters, and he is very loyal to Ikoma. He's uh, beyond everyone else. He's the one who's like, no, we can't leave him behind. You have to trust him. His faith in Ikoma never wavers, which I really like. And then there is <laughs> uh, Suzuki, who is, I just put wig. He is the. <laughs> what is up with that guy? <laughs> so there is a character. He's definitely there for some comedic, I don't know, injection. He's definitely voiced by an American with Japanese fluency. Well, it, that's the whole point. He's like, yeah. he wears this 1700s wig and he says everything like this, but in Japanese. <laughs> and he'll, he'll inject like English words into stuff. 
Yoroshiko onegaishimasu. Okay. He'll say something in fluent Japanese and then pristine English peppered throughout. It's it's bizarre. And he wears like, yeah, like a Victorian wig, like a George Washington wig. Yeah, that's not Victorian, but that's okay. Uh. <laughs> um, and then my favorite character of all, which is uh, Yukina. Oh my God. Best girl of the season. Holy shit. So she is the engineer of, a, of the train who if people don't know what that is that's the driver of the cha- train they're called engineers sorry what i was gonna say i didn't realize until the pilot like when i rewatched the pilot yesterday she's in the front car yeah but they're basically like barking orders at her it's like tell them to do this and she's like yep sure and just like she has no job and it's basically when she has to like step up and be like can anybody drive this train and she's like fuck it i'll drive it she's like she's basically like i'm the apprentice but i can drive the tra- train and then she becomes the lead train driver which is an, again an engineer and uh she first of all she's always cool she's never she's never freaks out she's smart and can basically Very when capable and competent when things go wrong she kind of always has a plan and then in the sixth episode there is this <laughs> the, scene the gif of this this is how i was reminded that there was a new episode out because this gif was everywhere on my anime facebook so um as a side note all of the female characters, there is no TNA. Like, n- there is no grotesque sort of shots of their bodies no. at all. Um, they're just women in this stupid situation. <laughs> You're not reminded of that, of that every single second of every day that they've got, you know, boobs and ass. And most of the females are just always covered. And yeah. she's one of the ones that just she's always got her, I guess, uniform on. Yeah, they all kind of have this, the Steamsmith uniform. They all kind of have Yeah. It. But in the sixth episode, I guess she's under pressure and she takes her jacket off. They need to build up speed. (laughs) Yes. And and it's getting, I guess, getting intense. And she takes basically her jacket off. She's got this tank top underneath and she is ripped. She grabs this fucking lever and then they frame the shot like behind her. Yeah. So you see her pull this lever and it's just fucking delts and (laughs) lats and quadras something traps is it's like what <laughs> muscles she's ripped to shit yeah and it's just this awesome super cool scene. and when do you see that ever yeah like, it's just it's there it's there for two seconds they don't make a big thing out of it it's not like it happens and there are people behind her going like oh like commenting like it's, yeah, it's just it, there and it's and that is a lot of the what i loved about the they just did things they just had women be badasses and they didn't make a big deal about it um and there are sort of as many cool female characters as there are cool male characters mm. and they have just done a great job I, I looked up actually who like sort of character design and stuff mm. and there is um somebody named haru uh kiko mikimoto and he has done the character design is, is apparently known for character design okay um and uh it's a really important thing in japanese animation because also you know your character designer that's where like your action figures and your statues and your shit like that are coming off of. So I mean, yeah. if you if you've designed a good character, you're gonna sell merch. So yeah. it's if it's important, and if you're good at it, you basically always have a job. Yeah. So as you can tell, both Jordan and I are really enthusiastic about this show. Super amped, you guys. Um, and there are so many great scenes. There's tons of gore. I will say, I did think episodes three and four might have sagged a little bit. I did think they got a little saggy. There was a bit of the like I said before we went on air, I thought there was a bit too much of the like paranoid buffoon. Right. We can't trust them. You know, like they've saved the train. Like you know, Mume and Akoma have saved the train like fifteen times by now, and there'll be some some doofus riling people up, just going like they're gonna eat us. We can't trust them, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that 
feeling went back to that well maybe one too often that's not a problem now like it was not a problem by the fifth episode they did this thing the whole like action plot of the fifth and sixth episode had to do with they go to this station but there's like a crane that is fall or like some debris that's fallen on the track and they need to figure out how to get it off so they have a star trek moment where they sit around (laughs) a table and and plan and basically they go off to do their thing and mume who Thankfully, this shook out and came to its resolution fairly quickly as well, or she would have gone from best girl to irritant really yeah. quick, where she's like, I can't rely on anybody. I'm, the, you know. Well, I'm- a, a shadowy figure shows up and reminds yes. her of her duty, whatever that is, and sort of. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's a dude in the, there's something in the opening. Yeah. Like right, right when the, when the, when the wubba wubba dubstep comes in at the end of the theme song <laughs> yeah you see this long-haired guy like standing there and i don't because i don't know like where is this show going like well, who's the big bad like and what that's are we... the thing we there's okay so they're halfway through we don't know like there's so much they haven't told us where did the virus come from what's the big city like who is the the lord or whoever the they, young master the that young master yeah. working for who apparently yeah we got the first look at in flashback this um week. What are Cabinary? Like, the, there's so much we don't know. We don't understand how they're going to, like, wrap this up. Yeah, in- there's, there's six episodes left. What? How are you going to do this? Yeah. And Unless you know you're doing a second season now. Which like, we, I am. Please I, God. Yes, exactly. I am so hoping. I know Attack on Titan is, like, where the theme park money lies and things like that. And you're going to have to go, go do a second season of that at some point. But please get you have lightning in a bottle with this fucking show you need to oh, realize what you have it's so good and the fucking black smoke thing that whole like that was fantastic that ep- the sixth episode the fact that everyone works together mm-hmm. and there's some humor in there humor i i don't usually see in animes which doesn't come from legit humor that works and it, with us and it yes. doesn't come from like a buffoonery a lot mm, of the times or perviness or yeah it's just she uh, mume is a shaking ikoma because he looks like he's dead and she's like just <laughs> stop shaking me please and then <laughs> they bit through my stomach that really hurts <laughs> yeah and she's trying to like have this she's like but we're weak how did we survive if we're weak and he's like I am too sore to think this deeply. Please stop. <laughs> um, like that was genuinely funny. And they have these moments. Um, one of the characters is dislodging something from a part oh, of the train. Oh, right. Yeah, some gore got into a drive yeah, shaft. And, and he's like, this is my lucky day. Like, <laughs> I got to try and the, the train's going at like 100 miles <laughs> what's, per hour. What's the driver's name? Yukimi? Uh, it, it, yeah, Yukina, I think. Yukina? Yukina, I think. She's the one barking the orders for him. It's like, we can't get enough speed. There must be something in the drive shaft you know we can't get enough pressure go down and look it's moving pretty fast so it'd probably take your arm off so you should probably be careful yeah (laughs) (laughs) hoop-de-doo okay great um but yeah that whole scene the amount of the criticism that can easily be made with anime is that sometimes the money ain't there right so you end up with like still shots or like panning still shots or repetitive animations this is why sailor moon always changed it's why sailor scouts always had the exact same transformation Twice a show for 10 years. I had no problem with that. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't. Um, Side note, that show apparently has found its footing to a large degree. Oh, okay. The relaunch in the third season. Um, They included the bit where Uranus kisses Usagi. (gasps) And they're like... Uranus is both male and female type of thing. Like that that was all in there and Tumblr lost their fucking minds. They were so happy. Anyway, (laughs) that was a side note. So that can be a problem where sometimes the money isn't there. I do not know who is bankrolling this show. If it is just the profits of the massive success of Attack on Titan, 
this show has all the money. This show yeah. looks amazing. It does. The action sequences, phenomenal. Again, the character design, phenomenal. The writing, fantastic. Like this, so five and six, the big the big bad of episodes five and six is there is something called what they've called a black smoke, but is actually a fused colony of zombies. Like yeah. all the zombies have fused together into this giant creature and the big climax like this is this is why we had to break the second rule the save for the pod rule this week because i watched episode six and was literally hooting in my house <laughs> like on the edge of my seat hooting because this thing is chasing the train and they need to blow it open so mume can get at the heart and stab it and they have this giant cannon on the train now yeah and takami the his friend no it wasn't uh well, the friend, one who fired the shot he, yeah, yeah takami is like waiting to fire the shot and it's the stress and boom, he blows it open. And just the shot where like Mume is about to dive in and sees like the heart of this giant creature is essentially one zombie. Yeah. That still kind of almost looks human and it looks up at her and it like screams and you're like, is she going to have a moment of hesitation? Oh my God. And she doesn't. She, she just, does like, not. Jabs, jabs her knife in there and the whole thing blows up and you're like, <laughs> and like, like the CGI they used for that creature looked great. Like the show just looks amazing. I don't know the last time I saw an anime that looks this good and, as, a, as a TV show. And like, for me, someone who doesn't like exposing a lot of skin, it's like, what, 24 degrees out and I've got a tiny sweater on. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can cosplay any of those characters. Yeah. And I'd be happy to do so. Like, I want to cosplay the engineer, like, uh, Yukina so badly now. I'm not as, you know, nearly as ripped as she is. But I can her just, haircut, though. You can pull it off. Yeah, I can pull it off. But just, just like, the her coat and just being badass as fuck. Like, just, you guys. You guys have to you guys, watch the show. The show's so good. It's, even if you don't like anime, I would definitely still check it out. If you and like cartoons at all, definitely check it out. Yeah, and we talk about how sometimes when I bring Caitlin things, I, I bump into this, the the notion of capital A anime, where it's like, it's a little too weirdly Japanese sometimes. Like, this is not, this is a fantastic starter anime. If you love anime and you want to have somebody, like, share your interest, bring them this show. It's damn near flawless right now. Like, it's just, it's killing it. Yeah. I cannot believe this show is as good as it is. Yeah. And, um, and I guess we'll move on to ratings. After the 20 minutes of us just saying how good the show is and telling it's you the, four. the no. entire plot, we might as well move on to ratings. Uh, I mean, I want to be conservative, so I, so I won't give it a perfect score because it's not perfect, but it's it's a it's a nine. It's a nine for me, too. Yeah. Um, I only have two complaints. Hit me. The first one is that the very first episode was a little clunky, but that's sort of the nature of pilots. Yep. But I think, you know, there are some things that they sort of spring on you and you just kind of have to be like, okay, all right, yeah, I got it. The second is, Ikoma needs to yell a little bit less. <laughs> but he's an anime protagonist. And, and, but everyone else is fine. He's the only one, like, people will literally be talking and he'll be yelling at them. It, he does seem to get over it. The sixth episode, he seems to get over it. It doesn't happen all the time, but especially, I think I had to walk away from the fifth episode because... They're making the plan, and he's just yelling a too screechy. the entire time. And oh, I was like, man, it's just need to calm down just a little. Don't ever watch Attack on Titan, then. Okay, I will not do that, then. <laughs> that kid has so, so many emotions. Um, But, he, 
you know what it, they seem i hope they're sort of moving out of that and he seems to really come into his own especially in the sixth episode weirdly he makes some sort of strides in his character development mm. and yeah i really i really like this Listen, show there's six episodes left attack on titan is notorious for boofing it in the back half of the first season right like, Great, great start. And then it went to the second, what they call core. Like we have just finished the first core, which is like the kind of story arc. It definitely feels like episode six right. ended a portion. And we are now going to the second, but the back half. Right. Um, they could still fuck it up. Don't say things like they that. Could, they could still fuck it up. Is it kind of like Heroes only has one season? <laughs> we don't talk about the other season. What yeah. other seasons? Just Listen, got one. Yeah, it was we'll terrible. Just, no, c- c- of the Iron Fortress. It's six episodes. It's great. It's an OVA. You'll love it. Um, they could still mess it up. I I don't. They made it six, and it hasn't hasn't yeah, it really lost hasn't, the plot that no. bad. So oh. this show is available legitimately through Amazon Prime. If you are an Amazon Prime customer, you can watch it week to week. I am not an Amazon Prime customer, nor is Caitlin. Mm-hmm. We have still seen all six episodes. Mm-hmm. We encourage you to support the industry however you can. We understand an Amazon Prime membership is not worth it just to watch this show. No. That's a lot of money. Definitely more than like a Crunchyroll or Netflix uh, subscription would cost you. That said, if you were thinking about getting an Amazon Prime membership for the free shipping or the other benefits of that service, Cabinet of the Iron Fortress is a very nice... This is the first time actually Amazon has done this. Really? Amazon is getting into like, you know, making their own content. This is the first time they have done like a, what they call a simulcast, which is where... A show airs in Japan, and hours later, it's subtitled in North America. That's super cool. Baffling. As an old-school anime fan, I can't believe this happens. Speaking of just generally of subtitles, I would really like to see this show dubbed. I think it's probably a safe bet that at some point, I don't know if it'll be Amazon or who gets their hands on it, but right. you're probably, I cannot see this show not getting a dub. Because I don't know how it works because I'm not a big, like I, I do like anime, but I'm not, you know, a, a huge anime fan. So I'm not really sure how that works. But part of what I think would have even made it better were having those lines, because I can't, inflection, I, I can't tell mm. what the inflection is, right? Um, just some of the lines were funny, but actually yeah. listening to them be uh, being said would have been, I think, fantastic. I don't really get involved with the sub versus dub war type of thing. It's my understanding that with the premium put on immediacy for anime these days, with things like simulcasts, dubs take longer to make. Right. So subs come out first. Oh, yeah, and then, that, that like, makes sense. Six months after a show is over, you'll start hearing like, hey, this show's getting a dub. I will be amazed if this show does not get a dub. And this is big for me because... I don't usually watch or read things a second time. I am totally watching this show again. You'll rewatch it on a dub I if am you get it? Absolutely. As soon as, as the lovely boyfriend comes back from LARPing, I am making him watch the show. He's <laughs> grabbing him by the ear. Sit, watch. It's amazing. Yeah, basically. Well, there you go, friends. Really, like... This has rarely happened. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of needed it, to be honest. <laughs> we, we both needed something that we were going to love. And thank you, Wit Studio and... Tetsuro Araki, I'm sure I'm butchering his name, but director of this show. Who you really you really nailed it with this one. Uh, updates. Updates. Are I there have, updates? I have a couple. Oh. Caught up on Steven Universe. No, I can't go without watching it, apparently. Um, <laughs> last two episodes, or I guess they call them episodes, but it's like, you know, the ten two in one episode type of thing. Right. Um, really good. 
there was a moment. I'm only going to tell you this because I know you'll get caught up at some point. I don't want to spoil anything for you. There's a moment where Peridot is telling the Crystal Gems about what happened with the cluster. Yeah. And she's like, and then we started getting attacked and I busted out the old cannon and I was like, pew, pew, pew. And Steven was like, oh, my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I was done. I was like, yeah, that's basically what the show's like. Some fun character moments, a lot of character moments with Lapis on this one because that whole thing shook itself out. I, I like when Ruby and Sapphire separate. I do too. Um, so this whole ep- one whole episode was them separating to try to put one over on some other gems. I I really I I really like it when they did. It's just so romantic. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. They have to put on like they're faking that they're humans yeah. and they're playing baseball with this uh, battalion of rubies who have come looking for the leader of the failed Earth mission. Uh huh. And Garnet separates. And tries to send Ruby to go and like fake like she's with the you know invaders. Mm-hmm. It's like no, we're just humans. It's like well, we need to check that barn. We're humans, so let's play baseball because humans like baseball. <laughs> and if you win, you can go check in the barn. <laughs> but the whole thing is that like even though they're supposed to be on separate teams, uh, Ruby and Sapphire can't like keep from pawing at each other or flirting. Aww. <laughs> it's like it's like why is Sapphire striking out? It's because they keep flirting with each other. <laughs> um, so yes, it was adorable. And as well, I kind of meant to do this at the top, but I want to do it. Uh, I just wanted to make a note. Shouts to the IGN anime podcast. After the Kill la Kill discussion, I admit I was a little taken aback by how much Caitlin disliked it and the effect it had on her. Um, and I kind of felt bad about that because I didn't really have any answers for her. Um, I didn't like seeing my good friend that upset. I didn't like being the reason my friend, good friend was well, that upset. Well, you weren't the reason. Yeah, but I, you could have gone through your entire life without knowing this show existed, and I brought it to you. So I just kind of wanted some answers, and I found a really good article that I thought tried to weigh it objectively while not you know, ignoring the fact that the show is problematic as hell, but trying to address the fact that it's bizarrely popular with women as well. And two of the women I know who have written and spoken a lot about how much they like this show are Kelly Plaggy and Miranda Sanchez, co-hosts, two of the co-hosts of the IGN Anime Club. So, with Caitlin's permission, I emailed them, and I just said, like, hey, this is who I am, I do this thing, I gave Caitlin Kill the Kill, this is what happened. You guys really like this show, how do you get over the problematic parts? Do you think they're problematic in the first place? And I didn't hear anything, and I thought, well, you know, they're busy people, they work at one of the largest content providers in the world, maybe they, I know they read everything, but maybe they didn't have time to get around to it. And I'm at work listening to the most recent episode of the Anime Club, and kind of, they started talking about other Japanese cultural norms and how that can be the idea of capital A anime, and how that can go when, like, if you come to these things for the first time and you're not familiar with them, how that can impact you. And Kelly kind of said, well, you know, I wasn't gonna, I didn't want to bring this up because Miranda's not here, but, and she basically brought up the question of the email and, you know, said my name. Didn't shout out the show, but I forgive you. Um, <laughs> I, like I said, there could be reasons for that. Could be. Maybe they're not in the business of promoting other people's uh, products on their own shows, but, and she tried to address it. Uh, I don't think they kind of did it off the cuff. I don't think it was really planned. Um, Caitlin and I both don't think it was a very good answer, but we I'm glad that they are both very surprised and yeah. and thrilled that they even addressed it. And Kelly and I have since uh, swapped tweets where I kind of thanked her for bringing it up. You know, hey, I know it's a kind of a downer topic, but thanks for even addressing it. And she says that when Miranda gets back sometime in the future, they would really kind of like to dig into that idea of how anime can be problematic right. um, in a future episode. So. I mean, shouts to them. It was totally unexpected, and I'm really kind of respect and, and thankful that they uh, even addressed it. Yeah, it was really, really neat. So shouts to them, and 
name drop the show next time, please. Senpai noticed me. Oh, gosh. You can't tell people to name. They have to choose to name <laughs> drop the show. Name drop the show. We're doing good work here. So, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? Um. Oh, I did have a thing. No, it's gone. Poof. Poof. Just it's like gone. That. It's totally gone. You can listen to this episode and every episode of Geek Down at SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod or subscribe to us on iTunes. If you have not listened to the old episodes, take a gander through the archives. They are all there for your enjoyment. All now 17 episodes. As well, get at us on our various social medias. Um, oh, which are... Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> the email address is geekdownpod at gmail.com. Yes, Twitter. Twitter is uh, geekdownpod. Yes, Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr is geekdownpodcast? Nope. No, damn. Okay, yeah, what was that one? Geekdownpod. Geek, uh, geekdownpod. Um, and the Facebook group. Facebook which, group. Which is facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Is that right? <laughs> HTTP <laughs> colon. <laughs> yes, Facebook.com slash GeekDownPod. Um, Future reference, Kate, it's GeekDownPod for everything. Okay, well, I'm glad I know that now. It, I have to I have to experience doing things. I'm not a reader. I'm Build a, in I'm that brand. Yeah. Use the same thing for everything. Um, and we always have fun discussions on our Facebook group, so definitely come on down. Yep, like us Make on Facebook. Have a look there. If you want to yell at me for anything in specific, I am on Twitter at Jordan underscore Ferguson. If you would like to yell at Caitlin about anything, you can cannot, does not exist. Yell at her on Facebook where I will read it first and prevent her from seeing it <laughs> if you're being an asshole. Which not, not that hasn't happened yet. It hasn't so, happened yet, no. but I mean, listen, as as we continue to blow up, because we're going, we listen, we, we, we're premium SoundCloud members now, friends. <laughs> Shouts to our generous benefactor for uh, helping that happen. Uh, which is why we're not Amazon Prime members. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> yeah, it was the Amazon Prime membership to watch this show legally or uh, giving, ensuring that our archives are saved for the next year. But by all means, hey, I can start a Patreon any day, friends. <laughs> throw, us, throw us some sandwich money. So yes, that is it for the show. Yeah, and um, we hope you enjoyed it. And... Uh, if you went and watched Cabinary of the Iron Fortress before listening and have listened and have any disagreements or yeah. thought our rating was way too high <laughs> or maybe not high enough, definitely let us know. Yeah. Let We'd us, love to hear from you. Let us know what you thought. We are curious and we would love to hear what you have to say about that. So until next week, this has been Geek Down. I'm Caitlin Kinnett. I'm Jordan Ferguson. And we'll see you next week. Bye. People really love to listen to eating on microphones. Hey, you're the one who gave me these. <laughs> and I've eaten all of them because they were coated in chocolate. My mistake. And if I didn't eat them, they would have melted. <laughs> you, you offer one, <laughs> the entire cup goes away. Uh, I did say to you, did you want these? And you were like, no, it's fine. I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs>